Ho, ho, ho. The following podcast contains spoilers and is very f***ing jolly. We watch it. Ho, hello everybody, and welcome back to We Watched a Thing with Billy, and this week, you know him, you love him, it's Tofa, how you doing mate? I'm good, I've been told that when people think Christmas, <laughs> they think of me. That's true, that's true. <laughs> I've missed you buddy, how you been? Um, I've been fine, yeah. yeah. Have you been watching anything? Yeah, my other half was was sick this week, so I kept going to bed early. So I got to watch move whatever I wanted. So nice, that was good. I bet you you watched lots of Christmas stuff. Am I right? I watched zero Christmas things. <laughs> That's right, because you got your Christmas fill tonight, though, because we watched the Christmasiest film ever made. <laughs> Many have said <laughs> we knew we wanted to watch a Christmas movie, but we wanted to uh, I don't know not have too much Christmas, so we threw out some ideas, and we knew that Sh- like Shane Black, famously, famously, tends to make films that even if they aren't <laughs> quote unquote Christmas films. <laughs> Tend to be set at Christmas. Yeah. So we went with what I think is Shane Black's best film. Do you agree? Um, It's definitely in the conversation. Yeah. Of course, talking about The Predator. <laughs> I like The Predator. I know you do. Because you have wrong opinions. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang, my friend. Could have gone with Iron Man 3. We could have. Could have gone with uh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, but we went with a different collaboration with yep. R.D. Jr. Yep. Yep. A better collaboration, <laughs> some might say. <laughs> some might say one of R.D.J.'s best roles. I think I think many would say. Yeah. Yeah. And indeed, like, people say that, like, a lot of people think that Iron Man is, like, the renaissance. Oh, hell, no, no, no. This was Jr. the start. It's like, pig's ass. Yeah. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. 100%. Is the comeback of Robert Downey Jr. This is what Kiss Kiss Bang Bang's 05? Yes. Yeah. Iron Man's 08, yeah. So you've even got Zodiac in 07 before Iron Man. Like, yeah. Dude was dude was up back and absolutely ripping. Yes. This was definitely the the Renaissance film. This this was what brought him back into the picture after, you know, all the, the nasty the troubles. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that this is one of his best roles, 100%. He's fantastic in this. Um, he absolutely kills. In Zo- he's fucking fantastic in Zodiac, um, and then he, and then he set up over a decade of mediocre, mediocre films. <laughs> superhero films. So thanks for that, Robert. <laughs> Which is a bummer because he's so good in Iron Man. He is. He is. Yeah. He didn't know. They didn't know <laughs> what was to come. What was to come was Eternals. No, I personally hold RDJ and John Favreau responsible for the entirety of the MCU. That's fair. Um, sorry, were you just slagging off Eternals? Uh, yes, I was. That's oh. a that's a very bad film. I thought you were with me on the side of the fence that actually liked Eternals. Wait, did you see it? I did. That was an awful, <laughs> awful film. And probably almost as Christmassy as Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> uh, you, you've gone mad. There was that Santa hat in the pool at the beginning. I mean, okay, it's definitely less Christmassy than Die Hard. It's definitely like, less Christmassy than Die Hard. And if people if people debate whether or not that's a Christmas movie, and I no think one, that's, no I one think, debates that. I think that's a dumb debate. Like, it very clearly is a Christmas movie. 
This is this is more portal. <laughs> like this is probably this was not. a stretch. <laughs> when, when we put it on, but I had a great time watching it. <laughs> when we put it on, I was thinking, yeah, this is like my my memory was that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is was more Christmassy than as it turns out it is. Yes, <laughs> same. As a very loose. You know what I think it is though. I think. We were probably at the age when we saw this that all that's burned into our mind is her in that Santa it's, dress. It's Michelle Monaghan in a <laughs> yeah. Santa dress. Yeah. That is entirely possible. Because yeah. she looks great in that dress. Michelle, and, Michelle and she's in the dress for like 50% of the film. Look, very attractive person. <laughs> very attractive person, Michelle Monaghan. Um, in fact, all like the three, the three top billed people oh. in this film. Just a lot of attractive people. You know what? Which, uh, you know, very, very strange for a film to put attractive people in it. But <laughs> just saying, like, that's a high... Se- like, Robert Downey Jr., very yeah. handsome dude. Yeah, yeah. Val Kilmer is like... And at his like, peak here, I think. Yeah. Kilmer is, like, as handsome as he is charismatic. Like, that yeah. dude's just a fucking comet. And then Monaghan's just fucking burning up the screen. You know, when we pressed play and the credits started, and I said to you, oh, I forgot that Val Kilmer was in this. I don't know how I forgot that because I'm going to say it right now. In fact, you know what? I I know that you love when I do this. I'm going to... Big Tizzle's Big Call. You're still doing that, buddy? (laughs) Val Kilmer's best role ever. He fucking crushes this performance as Gay Perry. This is the most I've ever liked Val Kilmer. Like you just mentioned his charisma. He is a charismatic dude. He's this is this is peak Kilmer for, in terms of charisma. He is so charming. He is so funny. I w- I was wondering watching it whether Kil- like Kilmer Val Kilmer had like I don't know, do we just say had a great career at this point? Like whatever. Yeah. Um obviously a bit of sadness there. Yeah. Um, Kilmer had a great career. Like, yeah. Big, big star, very successful. He was Batman. Only like seven people or so have gotten to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying he it's, was a good Batman. I'm just saying he was like, Batman. Given given how handsome that dude was. Yeah. And how charismatic he is on screen. Yeah. Did he actually have the career that he could have slash should have? No. No, he did not. And who was take so like. Who was taking his who roles? Who was taking his roles? Is it is it too obvious to do the Top Gun thing and say that it was Tom Cruise? I mean, because there's a world where, like, do you remember? I don't know if he was sore. You might have been like just too young. Did you see the Saint? Oh man, that's going back. I did, but because yeah. I my I, I could be wrong about this, but I think that the Saint was like the plan was that that would be film one of yeah, however many, and then it like it's then weird. Then going back to Top Gun, that it kind of like the thing that did get the franchise, yeah, is Cruise and Mission Impossible. Yes, yeah. Even though the second and third Mission Impossible films are turds, and you're like, how did this? How actually did this become a franchise? I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say it. And I, you and I actually saw the most recent Mission Impossible together, and I think we did. We I th- I feel like we did. Okay. We saw that at the cinemas, didn't we? I mean, I've seen it. <laughs> so I'm. I'm almost certain we saw it together. Okay. Yeah. Mediocre film. I don't think the Mission Impossible franchise ever recovered the way that people think that it did. No, I'm with you. I People lost their minds for both. Yeah, Fallout. Um, Fallout and Dead Reckoning Part 1, both yeah. of which I think are like, okay. Yeah, same. I, 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 I don't still think that that 
franchise started off in a blaze of glory and then went to poo and then got better. But I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not locked in on that franchise. Whereas like you, you know what franchise never went downhill? The Saint. <laughs> I mean, that's true. What we could have had with Elizabeth Shue and Val Kilmer. We'll never know. I'm having the most fun conversation with you here. We're like 10 minutes in. and I don't think we've really spoken about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang at all. Um, a movie I really like. I, lo- I love this movie. I think, like I said, I think it's probably my favourite Shane Black film. Hey, wait. So whose career should Michelle Monaghan have had? Is, is the thing with Monaghan, is it like the joke that's like built into the film that yeah. as soon as you hit 35 as an actress, you just- Which is a fantastic gag. And then he asks how old she is. I'm 34. I'm a baby. Just a baby. <laughs> it's a great line. She del- oh, fuck. Her line delivery in this- uh, Across this- She's so good in this film. She's fantastic. And she should have had a bigger career as well. Because I've got to be honest, off the top of my head here- So this is two I- years before Gone Baby Gone. Okay. That's the other film I know her from. So yeah. then we know she can be- very attractive and charming. Yes. We know she can do- Comedy. S- comedy. We know we can. she can get down, dirty, and serious in- Yeah. Yeah. She should have had a much larger career than she did. And then, of course, what do people maybe most know her from? Mission Impossible films. Yeah. Yeah. It all, you see, it just, it's, it's a circle, mate. It all yeah. comes back. You know who's taking- It all comes back to Tom. You know who was taking her roles? Jen from Dawson's Creek. Um, I don't think she was. Yeah, she was. Michelle Williams. Yes, Michelle Williams. No. Yes. Yeah. Nah, they're they're, diff- they're different wavelengths. You think? Yes. Uh, I don't know. With man. respect to like, I think Michelle Williams is an absolute fucking A grader. Me too. I, I'm. I, I've never seen her do. I and like I. I don't know that Michelle Monaghan can do a lot of what I've seen Michelle Williams do. But I've also never seen Michelle Williams do. What Monaghan does in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's true. Um, anyway, Michelle Monaghan, probably living a great life. Congratulations. <laughs> I just would like to have seen more of you. Yeah. Because oh. she is, she's so good. I mean, the I think the entire cast is great in this film. Like you said, those three leads are so funny in this film. I think that pound for pound, this is the funniest crime film. I don't think it's my favourite crime comedy, but I think that you laugh quite a few times in this. Yeah, it's like pound would cuz it's I, I mean I was going to go to Fargo but it's such a completely different See, I funny. like yeah, I was going to say Fargo is a tremendously funny film and it's in my top 5 films of all time, but I wouldn't call it a crime comedy. Mm. I think it is much more of a a crime film with comedic elements in it. Whereas this this is this would be on the comedy shelf if you were going to the to the video shop. Of your, yeah, it is a very funny film. Yeah. Particularly, like my my favorite chunk of the film is probably the, the first like twenty minutes. I agree at the party it's, where yes. it's just like it's just like peak Shane. It's Shane Black just going full Shane Black. Yeah, until at some point it's like you went okay, fuck no, I actually have to write a movie. <laughs> yes, at yeah. some point here. Yeah, and, and I think that for me that's why this is my favorite Shane Black film. I think that the screenplay here is tremendous because it's not trying too hard. Like I love how meta it is. I think this is one of the best uses of narration in a film. It's up there for me with Nick Cage in adaptation. You know, like it. it it's funny. I hate when people say you can't have narration in a film, it's lazy. I don't think that's true. And yet there are lots of examples where it doesn't work. 
But I think it works so well in this film, having Robert Downey Jr. tell us this story and the way that he kind of jumps around like someone really telling a story would. You know, I love when he's like, oh, I, fuck, I forgot to tell you about the robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think just a tremendous move to have Downey Jr. play this, like, just grinning idiot. Like, yes. the, the fact that he keeps fucking up the narration especially works because, like, Perry's right. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. He's so dumb. <laughs> Look up idiot in the dictionary. Do you know what you'll find? A picture of me? <laughs> the definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are. That is such a good line, man. Like, that is peak Shane Black dialogue. <laughs> um, do you know what else? Speaking of that, the party at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Do you know what else is in that party? Uh, a few Christmas things. <laughs> Several Christmas things. There is also a book about Thor. Yes. <laughs> Foreshadowing, my friend. Foreshadowing. He knew. <laughs> Downey Jr. saw the prop. Yeah. Called Favreau. Yeah. And was like, here's what we've got to do. Yeah. <laughs> There's this massive Australian dude I know. We have to make a film just to lay the groundwork for yeah. this giant, beautiful man. <laughs> he is. Oh, I was just going to say he's the best, Chris, but. You know where I stand on this. I, f I actually forget what you said. Oh. Do you stand on Pine? Pine Island, yeah. my friend. I'm, I'm a big fan of Pine. Did you see the most recent- We're just going off the rails here, but did you see the most recent Dungeons & Dragons film? Yeah. It was fucking stellar. I th it might crack my top 10 this it year. It was heaps of fun. It was so fun. <laughs> um, a lot better than- did you, did you happen to see either- There's a couple of- a couple of movies where you don't even need to ask where they're streaming because they're so obviously Amazon Prime films. Um, <laughs> you mean dad films? <laughs> yes, absolute dad core yeah. right there next to Kandahar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you see either... Are they, did you do see they have Gerard Butler in them? <laughs> did you see The Contractor with Chris Pine? No, I Don't. didn't. <laughs> I love I love Chris Pine, but Jesus Christ, he's done I, some dog shit. I went the other way when I turned 35. Instead of getting into dad films, I got into smoking meat. So that's, yeah. that's where my weekends are. Instead of watching Gerard Butler and Chris Pine mm. spy thrillers, I, I'm smoking meat and drinking craft beer. <laughs> um, shout out to... Uh, um, Exciting times, though, for Amazon Prime Dadcore. <laughs> Season two of- Reacher? Reacher. Yeah. <laughs> have, yeah. Did you, have you seen Reacher? No. It's the best. <laughs> like, actually? It's great. It's a, it is a series with absolutely zero pretense. It knows exactly what it is and yeah. the fucking rules. Yeah, okay. I tried Jack Ryan, but it had too much pretense. Oh, okay. I, I <laughs> it was seen Jack Ryan. It was right up its own ass. Have you seen Chris Pine's Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit? <laughs> I don't worry. It does, I don't think it does Michelle Monaghan. I wouldn't bother. <laughs> um, let me check my notes. <laughs> See if I've got something to say about kissing his bang bang. Um, really happy that they the like as is as is the rule. If you're going to have a coincidence in a film, you're far better off having it early rather than late. Where because yeah. too late and you're just like, oh my god, come on. Yeah, because yeah. like. I mean, like, really? Oh, my God, come on. Like, really? You you two people randomly at a party grew up in the same fucking tiny town in yeah, Indiana? Yeah. 
Like, yeah. fu- I mean, fuck off. <laughs> See, but I think I think that's part of the joke is that, you know, in fact, I love I love that line Robert Downey Jr. says where he's like, it's like someone shook America from the East Coast and all the normal people clung on. <laughs> like, I think that's part of the joke is that, you know, they all wind up over there. And in fact, that, like you said, my favorite part of the film is that first 20 minutes when he's showing, you know, how such and such got to the party. Mm. Um but uh, like this is a film of coincidences, which I think is why you're right. It's good getting that out of the way early because, you know, like this is a film where. And this this is what I like about this kind of narrative. There are two ways you can go with a bumbling idiot. You can go the bumbling idiot happens to stuff or stuff happens to the bumbling idiot. And I like that this film is stuff happening to Robert Downey Jr. Like, he mm. just finds himself in the right situation all the time. Like where Forrest the Gump. Is yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, when he's passed out in the back seat of the car and Pinkhead Girl just gets in and drives it to it. You know, like, it's just the entire film is made up of stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, which leads to... Oh, I was going to say the best moment of the film. I don't know that it is, but it's still just an old... Like, it's one of the... There's a heap about this film, and I don't know how- I've probably only seen it- That was maybe, like, the fourth time I've seen it. Yeah, I reckon it's maybe even only third for me. Um, And so, like, there's a bunch that I I forget the details in a a really good way, actually. So, you're there watching it with the assumption that, well, he's not going to lose his finger- yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dog fucking eats it. It's fucking priceless. Yeah. It's so good. And even Downey's character. Yeah. Whose name is possibly Harold? Harold, yeah, Harold. yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Harold is almost just like, ah, oh, well, fair play. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I had the exact same experience. It must have been about a year ago when I rewatched The Big Lebowski. And I was surprised by how much I had forgotten but I, that is a film that purposefully tries to confuse you. Like it's, it, yes, it wants to be so noir that it's it's like tying itself in knots. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I was surprised how much I'd forgotten about that film. But this was this this felt like a first time watch to me. I can never remember whether he likes the Eagles and hates Credence or likes Credence <laughs> and hates the Eagles. Which what? Which way is it? I can't remember either. I only watched I a year ago. I feel Credence. like he likes Creedence. Yeah. He looks like the kind of dude who would like Creedence. I think, yeah, I feel like, like there's just- I just hate the fucking Eagles, man. When I'm like, when I'm picturing a Creedence fan, I, I picture him like this. I just picture my dad because he was the first Creedence <laughs> fan that I knew. Yeah. You know, um, uh, my, my boss, your old boss, um, he came in the other day completely stoked because he spent hours online on Ticket Deck uh, to get tickets to James Taylor. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, everyone else is going for the other Taylor, so. <laughs> Fair play. My, I think my sister, yeah. That's what I was going to, I was going to tell a really boring story and I was like, <laughs> don't do it. You've forgotten how to podcast, mate. I have. It's been a minute. Um, no, fair play. But I'd be chuffed getting tickets to James Taylor. Oh, mate, he's seen fire and he's seen rain. He's seen sunny days that he thought would never end. <laughs> Who says no? <laughs> I'm a big James Taylor um, fan, actually. I work with someone who did get Eras tickets. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I... Brit is uh, going. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. He's going with... Really? Yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> I mean, part of me would be curious to just have nah. experienced it or whatever, but I can't say that did I, I care. Did I tell you that I saw the Eras movie? No. Yeah. I got... Because, you know, I've got young girls. I've got a nine-year-old and a five-year-old who, of course, are all about Taylor. 
So we took them to see it. It's longer than Killers of the Flower Moon. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a joke. I'm being dead serious. It's about three hours 40. And even the kids were like, can we go out for a little bit? Like we ended up looking on Wikipedia at the set list. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, no, I don't care about any of this. They went out for about an hour to get a juice. <laughs> and they came back at the end for 1989 or whatever it was. Like, Did you get a friendship bracelet? <laughs> so what's the thing that happened? <laughs> yeah, I guess the fans hand out friendship Sounds bracelets. Sounds like it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it, it does. It I'm, does. I'm, glad that the, I'm glad that the Taylor heads have Taylor. I don't want to listen to any of it, but no, I you, can't they seem to be having a great time. I'm not a fan of Tate Switler. I am, until recently, when I made this admission at work and so someone remedied it, (laughs) someone (laughs) remedied it at significant volume, I was like, I'm honest to God, not sure that I've ever heard a Taylor Swift song. You would have. Well, they, we, it seemed like maybe I hadn't because all the ones where they were like, no, 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 you would have heard this. You would have heard Shake It Off. So I'm aware of the existence of Shake It Off, and I know that I've heard that line, but I've never heard the song. Because you know me, I don't listen to the radio or anything, and I listen to almost exclusively indie music. Like, I literally, my Christmas playlist is called Oh Christmas Twee, (laughs) which I know you'll appreciate. It's just indie pop bangers that no one has ever heard of. Even I've heard it. I guess I've got girls who are obsessed but even i've heard i reckon i've heard six taylor swift yeah. songs whereas i'm too old to have listened to her yeah but also don't have my kids not old enough to have yeah. listened to her. i'm just in this absolute sweet spot yeah. where taylor swift the biggest cultural thing happening in the western world at the moment just totally passed me by yeah yeah wow that must be nice <laughs> my greatest connection to taylor swift is that i know she's at nfl games oh yes yes because she's dating kelsey yeah Kelsey? Travis, Ke- Travis Kelsey. Okay, Kelsey's the surname. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> so, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> yes. A film that we both like quite a bit. Yeah, and it's super Christmassy. There's at least, I mean, okay. I mean, we did bring it up. Halfway through the movie, we were like, okay, hang on. This movie <laughs> does not have Christmas in it. And basically, as soon as that happened, yeah. Yeah. a heap of Christmas happened. Heaps, heaps. So, here's the thing. The movie is set across four days. They're obviously in December, but we don't actually know which days they are. I think the final day, I think when he wakes up in hospital, it is Christmas. Are we sure about that? I'm I'm absolutely not sure about it, but I think that's right. I think the film happens on the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th. Okay. Or maybe 22nd, 23rd, anyway. You know what then? I'm going to call it. This 100% is a Christmas movie. If if that is what it is, like if the hospital waking up scene is Christmas Day. I think it is. That's basically Tiny Tim running out to get the turkey. Yeah. Like I mean, it's clearly not a Christmas film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're not breaking any laws. Well, you know what? It brought us joy. It and isn't joy, joy what Christmas is all about? Yeah, that I, okay. and racist uncles. <laughs> Knowing that Christmas is about we, joy when, then. When do we get, are we old enough yet that we're the racist uncle? Oh, yeah. Well, you are. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Just because two hours ago you were like, have you seen Godzilla minus one? I said, no, not yet. <laughs> and you were like, racist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Best movie of the year. Yep. 
I, well, okay. It'll either be my one or two. And I haven't seen the holdovers yet, which I'm expecting to end up quite high. But, yeah. Well, because you, you'll need to wear that on your indie sleeve when you go. <laughs> oh, have you seen the new Alexander Payne? Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Giamatti. Just amazing. <laughs> Asteroid City will be in my top ten. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it yet. It's a wank of a film, but you'll it'll be right up your alley. <laughs> I, no, I'm actually really looking forward to it. I just haven't. It's it's very good. I just haven't seen it yet. It's very good. Um, well, I thought it was very good. I, I actually haven't spoken to that many other people who liked it. Um, but anyway, we're, we're getting way. Let's talk about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yep. At least once more like in this episode. <laughs> so when the two henchmen at at the at the scene, the most Christmassy scene. That we got to, and we're like, oh, look, clearly Christmas. The second Christmas party. Yeah. And the two henchmen grab Robert Downey Jr. and take him away. Is is the biggest nitpick of the film, how the fuck do these, how is the order not kill this guy, not threaten him? Yes. Just threaten him That'll and tell him to go back to New York. That'll probably work. Yes. Yes, and that like, is the yes, biggest Yes, it, it basically, it almost did work, but as if they would take that chance. I agree, because those guys are clearly killers. Uh, I mean, they killed pink-haired girl with no issue. Yeah, they'd already killed another person, and and they're ordered to kill Perry. Um, Perry, and they attempt to. Yeah, and you know he's ready to. You know, old mate, uh, frying pan, fire, frying pan, frying pan is willing to strangle Michelle Monaghan. Like they're clearly killers. Yeah. I don't understand that. But when it came either. to the main character, they were like, "Yeah, uh, you better just clear out of town." That's some plot armor. Yeah. That's what that bullshit. Is. Yeah, <laughs> that is the biggest stretch in a movie full of stretches. That is the biggest stretch to swallow, if you say so. <laughs> I know a thing or two about swallowing, my friend. <laughs> it's a, it's a sex joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got something on the soundboard for that? <laughs> Yeah, you haven't seen my soundboard. No, I didn't know that that existed. I'm horrified. What are you, Sam Hurley? <laughs> no, that guy sucks. Tell me this. Yeah. Who is the current king of the, oh my God, cameos in films? Oh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. Who pops up at the end of this film for one scene. Yeah, old Damon. Old Damon. <laughs> yes. From the beginning and end of Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. yeah. It's like they knew. Yep. Yep. <laughs> in fact, Damon does one of them in the MCU in a Thor film <laughs> whose book is on the shelf at the Christmas party. I'll tell you what, I actually really like old Damon. I think that he is a um he's a pretty good actor. But did you find for a Christmas film- Oh, we're moving on from old Damon? <laughs> what are we done? <laughs> Did you find for a Christmas film, um, which this very clearly is, that that subplot of child molestation is, is a little heavy? It's heaps heavy. It's heaps heavy, but it's not treated very heavy. I think that that's probably the weakest element of the film for me is that like, wow, that's, that's pretty grim and, and we're kind of- I don't know. Like, we're not treating that segment of the film lightly, but it is a very light film. Yeah. and Yeah, but then just with these occasional 30-second periods of, oh, God. Yeah. that's the, And it is. It's very it's very brief, but quite frequent. You know, Michelle Monaghan brings it up probably at least six or seven times. Oh, yeah, my sister was kitty-fiddled. And, it's, and then just we just move over it. Um, 
So I, I like that end scene where Perry goes to slap up old Damon a bit because at least it brings a little bit of weight to that storyline or at least some kind of closure. But I do think that that is the weakest mm. element of the screenplay for me. And it does. I, I mean, it eventually pays off. Well, there's at least closure to it at some point Yeah, in the plot. But clearly you could make the film without it. So yeah, exactly. I, I I can't speak to Shane Black's intentions with it, and I can't say I I don't entirely get why it's there. That's yeah. Shane Black knows a lot more about screenwriting than me. I'm happy to just cop it and say I don't get it, Shane. Yeah. Um. But there it is. I don't get it. Yeah. A, a little bit the same. Let me ask you this. So this obviously is very very Christmassy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that having this film set at Christmas time, obviously it doesn't really affect the plot in any way. No. But do you think that it does actually alter the movie, whether through your perception or anything? I was reading that the the reason Shane Black is known to set his films at Christmas time, and obviously it became a little bit of his signature, was because he likes the way that that time of year heightens things. So, for example, if a character is lonely then they are lonelier at Christmas time. Do you feel like, do you actually feel that watching this movie? Like, do you think that it does? Because I got to say, I, I actually don't really see that with this film. No, if it, to me, it feels more like it's a set at Christmas because yeah. Shane Black was writing a script. <laughs> and at some point in the script, it says she's wearing a Santa dress yeah. and looking hot as shit. <laughs> um. <laughs> Like, this is <laughs> such a stretch as a Christmas film. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean... The other one we were really kicking around was Batman Returns. In your memory, is that more Christmassy than this? Yeah, because I, I feel like I can remember henchmen popping out of a giant tree or some <laughs> shit. I think it is more Christmassy. Um, and I don't, I don't think Batman Returns is a very high bar for Christmassy, <laughs> but I think it probably was more Christmassy than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. Yeah. Let me also ask you this. The, so the film is now almost 20 years old. and yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is shocking to me. And it doesn't feel that old. But one thing that has moved very quickly over the last 20 years, I feel like, is the progression of, uh, you know, what is acceptable in terms of, like, progressiveness and stuff. The character of Gay Perry, where are you on him? It's pretty on and the his nose. Gayness. It, it is. <laughs> it is. And and uh, I tell I you, it, one I thing think, I like I, I is think that- it was self-awarely on the nose in 2005. Yeah. I was going to say, one thing I like is that for the most part, him being gay isn't the joke, uh, which in a lot of films from this era and prior, the joke was, huh, because gay. And I like that that's not the case for the most part with this. There is the odd gay joke that I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's absolutely right. But am I reading the ending right? Uh, Perry and Harry, a couple at the end of this film? I don't believe so, no. No? I don't know. The way that I read that final scene when, you know, he's talking to the yeah. camera and, and Perry comes down, I, I got I got the vibe that they were, they were an item. <laughs> I don't think so, but- I mean, Val Kilmer, very charming. Oh, man, I'd, I'd turn. 
That's a joke from what year? <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Friends lately. Ah. <laughs> Where like 90% of the jokes are because gay. <laughs> been a long time since I watched a Friends. Really? Yeah. Oh, mate, I still throw them on very, very regularly. I think last time I watched some Friends was on a plane when like I really wanted to be asleep, but I just can't <laughs> sleep on planes. So I wanted yeah. to watch something that would pass the time, but that I didn't need to. You focus on focus on at all. I, I was the same when I had COVID last week. All I did was watch South Park on shuffle because I'm like, I like this. I'll laugh every now and then. If there's a shit episode, which there is every now and then, I'll just fall asleep. I because I tried to watch a movie at one point. I tried to watch an 80 minute comedy, being Bottoms. Ten minutes in, I was like, I can't focus on this. I, just, I can't watch this. <laughs> like COVID, it's messed up, man. Well, thanks for. Dragging the mood down. <laughs> Imagine having COVID at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be rough. Yeah. Actually, I, th- I th- tightened COVID. <laughs> All right. So, obviously, we both like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. And I think we've done justice to it in this conversation. <laughs> I, well, in our defense, it's a short movie. It's much shorter than I thought it was from memory. That, okay. <laughs> good excuse <laughs> it moves at a really good pace i'll say it does move at a good clip cracks along <laughs> <laughs> i'm a seven out of ten what about you i'm also a seven out of ten hey I, I really like the film i think it it certainly dips when it's like oh shit now we need a plot and to actually do a movie yeah um but still maintains a high enough bar that yeah it's oh it's definitely not a six is it Oh, absolutely not. Okay, but let me ask you this. This is, we've been doing the, in fact, last week, week before, was the six-year anniversary if we watched it. Was it? Yeah. And I think in that time, is this our sixth or seventh Christmas? I think we did an episode every year except for last year, maybe. So, okay. This ranked against Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Reindeer Games, obviously tops the list. Uh, Home Alone. Home Alone, and It's a Wonderful Life, and Home Alone 2. Other films we've done. How this, does this rank against all of those? Die Hard Top. Mate, you missed a trick there with Reindeer Games. Reindeer Games bottom. Oh, you did. <laughs> because it. it's a famously <laughs> awful, awful film. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I mean, as, as a grown-up, it's the one that I want to watch second most. After Die Hard. After Die Hard. Yeah. Um. In terms of like the Christmas journey of my life. Yeah. Like home alone. Obviously home alone. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Which probably has more murder in it than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, honestly, okay, it's a much more violent film. That's another nit to pick about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is the amount of straight up murder that Harold <laughs> gets away with. Oh uh, like he's he'd be killing. Yeah, yeah. But I I and actually Perry, Perry's just like, ah, oh, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually an aspect of the film that I really enjoy. It's LA, it happens all the time. My favourite moment of this film is when he accidentally kills the orderly when he's, he's doing the that whole Russian so roulette thing. fucking funny. And you know it's coming from a mile away. Like, the way it's building up, you know how it's going to play out. And yet it happens, and it's still so funny. <laughs> and uh, I actually really like the way that his character of Harold is treated, where he- he has very strong morals for someone who is 
an idiot and and not a good guy at the end of the day. Like he's very anti-killing, but then he ends up killing plenty of people. Yeah. Um, you know, I love I think that scene actually that scene's a real credit to Shane Black, the director. Yes. As much or more than Shane, the writer. T- yeah. Typically you you go into a Shane Black film more for Shane Black's script than Yes. Like it's not like you could really tell someone Oh yeah, the the visual signature style of Shane Black is this Christmas, <laughs> Christmas, yeah. But you know Shane Black dialogue when it happens at you, yeah. Um, whereas yeah, that scene that's a really well directed scene. Yeah, yeah. You're right though. His dialogue, um, even though it, it's you know you could look at this compared to say other writers who are known for their dialogue. Tarantino is probably the closest. Um, but even when you're having the witty conversational stuff, even like Kevin Smith, and yet if the three of those were to present a scene to you each, you'd definitely be able to tick, pick them apart. Like, I think that Shane Black's dialogue is very distinctive as much as it kind of sits amongst those other great writers. Yeah, and he had a fair head start on them. Like, he was getting paid yeah. stunning amounts of money in the 80s. Well, he, t- he did some rewrites on on The Predator, didn't he? Was that like his first on, kind of on writing? Predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that his, the start of his writing journey? Mm, well, what Predators is, a, is Predator eighty seven? I think so. Yeah. Well, no, nah, because that's the same year is as Lethal Weapon. I think. Yeah, so right. He's already yeah he's already cranking at that point. Yeah. yeah. All right. What are we What are we getting to next Christmas? Uh, Batman Returns. Batman I Returns. Guess. <laughs> I still think at some point we should do the Gremlins duology. Well, we decided, didn't we, that Gremlins 2 is not at Christmas? Yeah. It's just a, a like an office party? Yeah, but let's let's be honest. I mean, was, is, is this Christmassy oh, at all? Christmas as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think the original title was Christmas Bang Bang. <laughs> I don't think it was. I think it was. I don't think it was. In fact... What the fuck does that title mean, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? It's yeah. not really relevant to the film in any which way. It sounds it? good, doesn't it? It does. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is um one of the those rarest of movies where a recommendation from my dad panned out well. Your dad recommended this to you? Yeah, loves it. Yeah, right. How old were you at the time? I suppose I was. Oh, so it was the year it came out. It was. Yeah, it was when it came out. Yeah, right. So I was like mid fifties. <laughs> <laughs> the films uh, that my dad recommended to me. Um, in fact, it came up on the show the other day. Animal House is one of my yeah, earliest. Of re- it was <laughs> one of my earliest memories of dad being like, "Oh, this film is great." <laughs> um, Blues Brothers, uh, famously a dad film. But yeah, Animal House is one of my biggest memories of dad being like, oh, this is such a great movie. (laughs) I reckon I was 12, maybe. (laughs) Blade Runner was probably dad's best one. Yeah, right. Yeah. See, my dad mostly loves dad movies. It's like his biggest recommendation is The Natural and and, and Life as a House. Have you seen Life as a House? That's dad's dad's favorite movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, these days it's like Shooter. Just like, yeah, say that mid-tier Wahlberg stuff. <laughs> Fucking hell. Are you excited for Ferrari? Yeah, it's, it, like, it's it's Michael Mann. Like, yeah. 
I know it's Michael Mann, but it doesn't look good. I don't think the trailer looks good. I don't care. It's Adam Driver and Michael Mann. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> I do love Adam Driver. And he's playing a driver, so even better. <laughs> um, and also, like, because if if all the Ferrari achieves is establishing the relationship between driver and man yeah. for Heat 2, then job well done, Ferrari. Heat 2 is not happening. It's happening. It's not happening. It's happening. It's not. All it's my not. dreams will come true. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want you to think about this very, very seriously for a minute. Do you is that genuinely something that you want to see? Because here's yes. a question: people yes. are always like, "Oh, this movie deserves a sequel. This movie needs a sequel." They're never good. They're never ever good. Like, do you genuinely want to see that? Literally, the best film ever is Godfather Part Two. N- yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about legacy sequels. I, want, I, I guess I want Top Gun Maverick was the exception. I want it in me. <laughs> oh, I I don't know. I'd be very cautious of that, mate. I don't think it'd be good. Adam fucking Driver. Yeah, look, as he's, Neil McCauley. He's probably the greatest working actor today in terms of like his age range. I reckon he is. But still, I'd be cautious of it. <laughs> Get it in me. <laughs> so, do you want him as the Pacino role? No, he's young De Niro. Young De Niro. So, who, who do you want as Pacino? Who do I want as young Vincent? Is uh, has has Oscar Isaac aged out of yeah. being young Vincent? Well, he's definitely in a different age yeah. bracket to uh, yeah, Driver. Like that's he he'd be he'd be fine if you had someone else in the Driver position, but you need someone younger than Oscar Isaac if you if you're pairing him up with Driver. Zach Efron. <laughs> <Who's>, <laughs> you, who says no? Yeah, you need like a Zach Efron type in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Jonas. <laughs> no, who was the guy who was in um Who's Don't Worry Darling? Harry Styles. That's what get, I was get, say. get Styles in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the one person in the world who didn't hate Don't Worry Darling. I didn't bother with it. I thought it was okay for the most part. It, the ending ruins it. If you ever watch it, you'll know what I mean. I'm sure you'll agree with me. Okay. It's got your boy in it, Chris Pine. Love the pine. I know how you do, mate. All right, I reckon we've spoken long enough about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> yeah, because a good 14% of this recording is about it. Thank you very much for joining me, Toph. I'm sure that the fans appreciate hearing your your joy at this time of year. I doubt it, but thanks for saying it. <laughs> Do you want to plug anything, mate? No, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't checked tonight's lotto results. I don't know if I've retired yet. God, that'd be nice. I assume I won. Fuck. I just entered a draw to win 10 million flybys points. I'm really hoping I get it. That's 50 grand. Hey. That's 50 grand. That's that's heaps. Yeah, you chuck a bone in there. You have to sell the stew. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, my friend. And I hope you have a very, very, very Merry Christmas. And a happy new year to all. <laughs> And thank you all for listening. We love you all very much. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and X, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething. And I, anyway, will catch you next week. I, uh, I logged out of the Gmail and stuff. I, I, I can't check that anymore. It's <laughs> probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even given Dave access. It's, 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 it's me now. <laughs> All your dreams have come true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>